The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Practical Spirituality Positive Messages This is Unity Online Radio The Voice of an Awakening World Are you ready to create a life that's intentional and dynamic? Welcome to The Intentional Spirit with your host, Rev. Temple Hayes. Welcome, everyone, all of you intentional spirits. You know, people often ask, what, why intentional spirit and what makes that distinctive to uh, New Year's resolutions and goal setting and all those kind of things? Well, everything that works, ultimately, it's what works for you. But for me, there's a big difference between people who are intentional and people who have good intentions, because when you have Good intentions, you may mean well when you write down things on your list, but external things, things happen, issues come up. You might have a problem. You might have less money and you say, oh, I'm going to put this on hold. Whereas intentional spirits continue to move forward, even in ways that they don't understand. They stay open. And that's why I'm delighted to talk to our guest today because he has taken tragedy and has turned it in as an intentional spirit. He has turned it into a way that helps people understand our greatest mystery, the thing that makes us stop in our tracks, in that he lost his son, Christopher. So, Joe, welcome to our show today. I'm so glad that you're here. Thanks, Temple. I appreciate being here. Oh, it's it's just a a pleasure to have you. Um, First of all, you are living a story that they say, um, and I can't speak from experience, but they say is the hardest for any parent is to outlive one of your children. You know, and it's the kind of thing until you walk in the moccasins, you don't even understand that. I had a niece of mine who was a wonderful gal, had a brain aneurysm and died at 43, and I, I couldn't even imagine only now can I imagine how much pain my sister went through. Um, so it's something you can't get your arms around until it, you experience it yourself. And I hope not, nobody else out there does. Oh, I, I, I can't imagine. Well, when did this occur with you, Joe? Um, um, I w- we want to know all about it. Uh, when, when did something happen to Christopher? Well, in... in, in January 2016, the kids were just finishing up. They were college-age boys, and he was my oldest, and they were just finishing up the uh, Christmas vacation, and and a dozen of them went up to a friend's lake house in uh, in Wisconsin, and uh, 
you know, it was after New Year's, and Sally and I were kind of happy that they were going to be up in this, you know, bucolic setting instead of running around in the city, you know. And uh, as kids will do at that age of 21, and they were kicking up their heels and 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 drinking too much and, and having too much fun and came back to the uh, lake house and continued the festivities. And four of the boys went outside and went past the boathouse, and it, the idea struck them that wouldn't this be a and they, four of them jumped in a three-man canoe in a partially frozen lake in January in Wisconsin, and uh, none of them made it back. They, all three of them, all four of them crossed over that day. Oh, my gosh. Right. All four yeah. died together. Oh, all my. All four of them died together. You know, I got a call. I was, I was home waiting for Chris to come home to watch uh, – a football game, a Buffalo Bills game. I grew up as a Bills fan, and he embraced that. And when he wasn't back yet, I, I you know, I, I, I started texting him, got nothing, and then his one of the boys whose parents owned the lake house texted me and said that some of the boys are missing. So I jumped in my Jeep and started driving up about an hour, hour and 15-minute drive up north, and uh, halfway up I got the call that it was no longer a search, but a recovery, as they know all four boys had drowned. There's no words, are there? It doesn't get a whole lot tougher than that, uh, Temple. It doesn't. You know, fortunately, I think uh, you go into a little bit of a shock. And I, I had to go up, and they wouldn't let me identify the body, but they let ident- me identify a picture with the clothing and the the Celtic cross, and so I knew it was my boy. And uh, one of the boys was just didn't even they couldn't even recover him for another three days, which was re- hor- horrific for the father. And then you've got to come home and you've got to arrange for your son to be sent back from Wisconsin. You've got to arrange for funerals and wakes and 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 burial plots and and all of those things. So. You know, at that point, you kind of go into shock and just do left foot, right foot, and get it all done. You know, I think God had His arm around me the entire time, and uh, and I uh, was able to uh, was able to pull this off at a at you know the darkest time of my life. Oh yes. Do you do you have any other children? Yeah, I do. My 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 middle girl is. Uh, just graduated from Marquette, and we're having a, a big graduation party for her Saturday. And uh, and and I have a my baby is a 19 year old boy who, after a semester at at Boulder, decided he'd rather work, and he's work selling cars at a car dealership that's friends of mine. And and uh, and of course his mom is a is a therapist and uh, and writing her own book on uh, on, on raising a a child and losing them. And, uh, you know, and so, you know, that was another thing I had a built in, you know, I, I would have loved to have just folded, you know, crawled up in a ball, you know, mm-hmm. but, but the truth and that's the only is, reason I ask. And there are yeah, some people kids. that said instant responsibility. Or, you know? Right. Yeah. That, that's the only reason I asked because I, you know, there's uh, there were there were there was a time here at the at the uh, in my spiritual community that it was a late Saturday night and I had two Yorkies and um, 
and one of them died. And so I couldn't get a speaker to fill in for me the next day. And I was just an absolute mess. And, you know, I had someone come up to me and say, gosh, well, don't you feel so lucky that you have another? And I said, you know, I know you mean well. I'm going to walk away and I'm, <laughs> I'm going to pretend that you never said that. That has absolutely nothing to do with anything. Nothing. I just lost my beautiful, beautiful love. And that's yes. all you need to know. And when you don't know what to say, please just don't say anything. So that's, it, it, you know, it's it moments like these that I love. Um, having uh, you on your sh on the show, uh, the real, the raw, and everything. And the reason I asked, did you have other children, is not because of, well, you have other children. It was because right. of, <clears throat> I felt inside you must have had to really hold on to want to keep going because I can feel even within your voice now it's as almost as raw as it was then. Did you and your wife were you able to to make it through pain? Yeah, yeah you know, uh, great question because eighty percent of the people who lose kids don't. And, no, they uh, don't. They can't. They don't fall out of love. Right. Um, they they can't continue to do the pain together. That's what you know, uh, was, somebody taught me, and I think that's a very powerful statement. That's a powerful statement. You know, we I will tell you that we grieve separately, that we grieved uh, differently. Sally mm -hmm. and, and my youngest Will kind of rolled it all into themselves and kind of pulled back. My daughter and I, you know, reacted by building, putting as much time in the day, as much energy into a day, so that when you finally do stop, you fall over and fall asleep, you know, and try to fill the the void. So we, we grieved totally separately, but there was this respect. And there was this also this, uh, uh, and, and you're right, the contagiousness. You know, Sally will be looking at some phone and start crying. Sally will be watching a TV show and see a young blonde boy run through a sprinkler and start crying. Yeah, I'll mm -hmm. listen to some song and start crying. And it's contagious. So, you know, we, we actually came, went, went to neutral corners to do a lot of the healing and then healed together. And the, and the, the bond was our our incredible love for this boy, you know, this, this, this wonderful, sweet, wild boy, you know, we had this incredible love. And, and I got to tell you early on, I had a, I had a, um, a, a medium tell me that Chris wasn't pleased that I wasn't putting as much effort into the marriage as I should. And that he wasn't happy about it and that I better start working on that. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and so I made a yeah I made a conscious effort to 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 be more involved to 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 participate more not just you know ride the tide you know and uh, now we've I got to I'm, you know we've been we're going on twenty uh, twenty eight years in July and uh, and 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 I think we we're probably closer now than we've ever been you know so uh, but but it still happens you know the. You, you, you're walking, you know, you're walking down the path, and an emotional tripwire sets off a, a landmine, and, and you're just crushed. And uh, and I look over, I see Sally, and I start it, and you know, because it's never far. You know, it, it's very similar. I think Temple. I'm not an amputee, but I, I think it's similar to waking up in the morning when you're an amputee, and you, and you forget that that limb is gone. And yeah. then, then, it, then the reality yeah. kind of kicks in. Absolutely, I think it's the same thing. You know, I feel that you know all the time. You know, and and I let the emotion 
I let this, you know, bit of a spiritual tsunami or an emotional tsunami just roll over me, you know, and then I, you know, get back in gear and, and, and push forward, you know, that's, and I know Chris is proud of the way I'm operating. So that, that alone keeps me going. Well, one of the things that um, you probably don't know about me is that I spent like 12 years studying um, shamanism, which simply means I learned from someone that believes in infinity, the ongoing of life and wholeness. And so uh, what I know to be true is that my teacher, um, because she was already personally attached to a lot of her clients and she knew their story, when it came time to do soul retrieval, meaning in their lifetime, what events had they had energy loss? Basically, that's what that means. And um, and so what she would do is she would bring me in because I didn't know the people. And I would just ask for images that showed, you know, where they had loss. And always there was images of death, funeral homes, uh, people in the rain under umbrellas. Oh, what was that? my grandmother suddenly died or whatever. So there's definitely a fragmentation. Um, What I, what I um, feel and what I love about what you're doing. And I think this is where there's such a disconnect um, because you may not also know that I wrote the book. When did you die? Eight steps to stop dying every day and start waking up. And, and, and the reason that I wanted to address that is would be all the people that are on the planet today that are walking around not totally alive, um, not totally with their energy, not totally. Um, and, and so much of it is that in certain forms of, of religion and other belief systems, people are taught, well, I'm so sorry, you know, they died. I don't really know what to say, but I'm going to halfway try to say something and it's over. And what I feel is so important about your sacred story, because it's also how I live with people that I have lost, is that you have no agenda with grief. You know, when it's time to grieve, you grieve. When it catches you off guard, you're with it. When it takes you down, you cry yourself to sleep. When it hits you strong, you just continue to be strong. And you're honoring this process. And because you are you're at the same time receiving the gift. I think it was Buddha that someone said to him, uh, how is it that you have so much joy? And he said, because I'm able to feel so much pain. And Mm. um, I love that you have kept Christopher's life open because your message is not only does everyone in the world need to hear it uh, time and time again, but it's transformative because you didn't close off the door. You didn't say, well, that's over. I'll see him one day in the afterlife and, you know, let me move on. Um, right. You have kept that door open. And, and, that, and, that door's, and, and he that, started that door talking to you because your heart is open reality. rather than closed, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's all part. That's, that's you know, I've, I've never had an intention of this. I would have loved to have stayed abysmally ignorant. And have my kid walk in the door and let's say let's go get a pizza or let's go to a ball game, you know. But I wasn't dealt that hand, 
Mm-hmm. So it really came down to people said, what made you start this search? And the search was, I wasn't ready to accept a world without my son in it. Yeah. So I just had to find out where he was next. And what do I have to do to bridge that? And to this day, I'm working harder and harder to try to find a way to connect more. You know, I'm going to Lilydale at the end of July. You know, I was up in the vortex at, at you know, in Arizona. You know, I... I'm, I'm willing to put the effort in because the payoff is 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 so amazing. I get to connect with the son that I love so much on this side. It's so powerful. So it was in 2016 that Christopher died. Yes. Um, yes. When did you move forward? Was there a story there? Did you look in the paper? How did you then connect with uh, a psychic? And I want to encourage everyone to take the time in this transformational conversation to go to the website, mysearchforchristopher.home, and you can read Joe's blog and or uh, get the book. Uh, This is a gift that you can give to anybody, anytime, because every person five degrees out, six degrees has had several different losses. Sure. Um, but know, when temple. did you, when did you say, you know, I'm, I got to find somebody that talks to people in the afterlife. That's that's a great question. And here's, 15 years, 16 years before this, I sought out a medium, and and, and I had no need. There was no purpose. There was no, maybe I was just trying to extend my spiritual search. I don't know. But I sought out a medium. And it was mostly pretty mundane. It was, you know, okay. And I didn't feel any real connection. The last five minutes, she said to me, your dad's here. Her name is Nancy Myers. And she's out in Arizona. And she's a terrific medium. I've talked to her over the years, especially right after Christopher crossed over. And and I went and, and she said, your dad's here. He's holding a caboose and he's telling you railroad. Now, you got to remember, this is 2000. This is before... Google searches or anything. My dad was this wonderful blue-collar guy who raised 10 kids, five that were cousins, and and, and provided this amazing amount of love and, and, and structure. And he was a railroader for 40 years. Every one of the boys in the family worked on the railroad during college. I was a brakeman. My brother was a clerk. So railroad is what my family was. If you're, my, my bookcase right behind me has a Canadian Pacific Railroad Lantern because it's that, you know, that hard steel of the rail that it was who we were as McQuillan. So when she said railroad and showed me a caboose, I had spent evenings on a caboose with my old man when I was working. And it was just an amazing. And now dad didn't come through Temple and give me any of the secrets to the universe. You know, didn't give me the lottery numbers either. You know, he just wanted me to know he was there. I put it away. I put it back in my the, my mental filing cabinet. And 16 years later, when I needed it, I looked back and said, wait a minute. Dad's somewhere. If my dad is somewhere, that's where Chris is. So I need to find him. So 16 years later, I reached out and got a hold of the same medium who had relocated to Surprise, Arizona, and started talking to her about Christopher. She told me things about the accident that nobody else knew but me. Um, things that I didn't share with anybody. She told me all about it. She told me what happened. She told me where they were. She talked to me about the other three boys. And that started this search. And I continued to talk to her 
for the first three or four months, and she would say to me, "You can't. We can't do this every week. There's not any updates. You know, you got to give it some time." And eventually, I wanted to look into a medium's face who was talking to my son, and and I went to a local medium, and that that also was one of those opportunities that just knock you out, knock your knees out, and said, "This is real." You know, that 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 morning. I stopped at the grave site. I'm at the grave site all the time, Temple. And it's not like some old man sitting on a park bench feeding Temple or feeding pigeons, right? Temple, I'm, I'm, I'm there because I communicate with my son. So I go to his grave all the time. And this day, I, I started, his, his grave was fresh. So I started sprinkling shamrocks because we're Irish around the loose dirt around his grave. When I left the house, I took this leather bracelet that he Christopher had given me when he was five years old and we were in uh, Disney World, a leather bracelet. And I, and I put that on for the first time since then, you know, since 15 years before. And I went and saw a medium named Andrew Anderson, and I walked in and went through some, you know, niceties. And then he said, Christopher acknowledges you were at his grave planting something and that you're wearing the bracelet he gave you. This was in five minutes of me walking in the door. He said, Christopher acknowledges that you celebrated his birthday the way you always did. We did. We went to the restaurant that we go on the kids' birthdays. He acknowledges you released Chinese lanterns and balloons on his on his funeral or at his at his uh, on his birthday, which we did. I mean, this was this was this. It was I was inundated with facts that nobody knew. Nobody in the planet knew that I had gone to, to gone to Amazon and ordered shamrock seeds. Nobody. And my wife didn't know. Not that I was holding anything back. We just hadn't got around to it. I thought it was a great time to, to plant those seeds. The weather was good. So that was my immersion into a face-to-face with with uh, with the medium. And, and it's continued on. I actually, this morning, because I was having this interview with you, so I wasn't going to go downtown to my office till later, there's a new medium in the area who knows my wife from A Course in Miracles, and she wanted to know if she could come in and, and practice and do some mediumship with Chris. And he came flying through. So to this day, you know, this is the way I connect. Now, every medium tells me, you are not going to need me. And that someday when I see him, that could be possible. But until then, you know, I'm going to use the shortcut. I want to use them, you know. So, um, you know, I, I think like anything else, like chefs and relief pitchers and 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 doctors, there's really good ones, and there's great ones, and there's okay ones, and that's up to you to figure that, find those out, you know. Absolutely, <clears throat> absolutely. Um, and it it is such a. Sometimes it's just hard for people to uh, conceptualize that it that it's actually uh, possible. I. Uh, I and I I think that yours is also a, a very you know strong message about first of all there's a lot of people that do childish things that are not just 21 they're 31 they're 51 they're 71 yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean so yeah. um so uh, all that all that said to me the other part of your message that's so profound is that you can still work out relationship issues with the veil of death. In other words, just what you said um, a few minutes ago about that Christopher told you he wasn't really happy with how you were treating his mother 
Yeah. You know. nice. And 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 that's another you get part. Reprimanded and, from the other side, Temple. <laughs> yeah, from the other side, and it's like, um, and and there are are there's children out in the world that are carrying such deep guarded anger or hatred or disappointment towards their parents or grandparents or guardians or whatever. And they, you know, are they're grieving that they weren't able to work it out. And what you and I are telling them very clearly and profoundly, both of us having had experience in some form or another, that you can still continue to work on your relationship with someone that is in the other dimension. As a matter of fact, you may get some better insight than what people would be willing to tell you face to face here, right? You know, you know what? You're you're so spot on that when I was writing this book, and there are days that it sometimes things are a little overwhelming. You got to understand that when you're writing, when I was writing the book, and I'm I'm starting a second one, I'm partially through it, and because you get overwhelmed, and sometimes you just stop and cry. Right, and because you're always in it, and it's not a sad thing. You gotta. When people would say to me, Temple, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. This is such a horrible thing. And I said, I'm look. I got to be Christopher's father on this side for 21 years, and when I cross over, he's gonna greet me, and I'll have the next series of events of lives with him on the other side. So to be honest with you, don't feel sorry for me. I had the greatest job in the world. I feel sorry for you. You didn't have it. It would have been nice if I had it for 31, 41, or 51 years, but I got it for 21. So, you know, so of course I feel like something's been taken away from me at some times. But what about the gift that I was given? I got to be and still get to be his dad. And I've asked mediums that. And they said, oh, no, you will always be perceived. Your energy will always be perceived as, as his dad when you guys cross. And they've used the term... You know, twin flames. I mean, all of these terms were brand new to me. I was, I was a, I was a, a newcomer to this whole thing, which kind of makes the book kind of fun, because I think you know when when Lisa Hagen, who's a wonderful publicist and agent, when she first read it, she said to me, "I didn't expect to." It's such a heavy subject. I didn't expect to laugh as much as I did. She said, "You cracked me up. You're a really good writer." Because the bottom line is, it's a heavy subject. But the characters in it are full of love and mirth and laughter, and it, and it, they still are. You know, my son is the perfect version of himself, and I still get messages when I'm writing this book, this bike, and and I'm screwing off a little bit or taking my time. He would he would push me and say, "Hey, Dad, you need to get this thing going. You need to keep writing. People need to read this book." And when I slack off about doing PR or sending books around, he'll you know I'll get the message like, "You're dogging it, dude." You know, that's unacceptable. I gave you this gift. Let's go. You know, so I still, he's still, he's still blowing me sunshine from the other side sometimes, you know? Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm sure of that. No, no <laughs> doubt, no doubt about it. it it's such a, a pleasure to, to connect with you. And of course, we're going to take a few minutes and we're going to go to break, but it's okay. just, uh, it's profound. And I, I love that you have been brave and you have been courageous and that you're allowing people to be touched by your message. And continue to follow us on templehays.com as well as Unity Online Radio. We are the voice for a changing world. And we'll be right back after this short break. Discover the power within. Unity Online Radio. 
the voice of an awakening world. Unity Online Radio is bringing the message of unity to thousands of spiritual seekers around the world. If you enjoy our programming, we invite you to support it by visiting unityonlineradio.org and clicking on Donate Now. Help us continue to provide inspiring content to everyone. Thank you for your support. Here's a Unity Wisdom Moment with Iyanla Van Zandt, taken from a Celebrate Your Life event in Phoenix, Arizona. The universe is not going to wait for you. And if you keep talking yourself out of what you're told to do because of your negative self-talk or the crazy you inherited, somebody else is going to pick up on the idea. How many times have you been told to do something and you start figuring out the how? But the philosopher Nietzsche told us if you've got a strong enough what, the how will be provided. The way you do the things that the universe is calling you to do is don't ask how. When you get the instruction, just start moving. Everything else will show up for you. To find a Celebrate Your Life event near you, visit CelebrateYourLife.com. For over 23 years, Liz Dawn and her team at Celebrate Your Life have been presenting transformative events with some of the world's leading spiritual teachers. Experience a Celebrate Your Life event for yourself, October 31st to November 4th in beautiful Sedona, Arizona. Explore your spirituality and open your mind to some new ideas. These events are awesome soul fests that heal and transform. Log on to CelebrateYourLife.com to find out more. Know Yourself as Divine, Stations of the Cosmic Christ. A new book from Matthew Fox and Bishop Mark Andrus introduce a spiritual practice designed to help you realize the divine within. Combining prayer and an interpretation of the Stations of the Cross, featuring beautiful imagery, you will be led on a process of transformation. This book will help you discover the most caring, courageous, and compassionate parts of yourself. Get your copy today at Amazon.com or Unity.org shop. Get inspired with Temple Hayes and the Intentional Spirit, Wednesday at 1 p.m. Central here on UnityOnlineRadio.org. Each week, Temple shares tools and practices to help you thrive in the most challenging times. Temple also welcomes fascinating guests who share their stories and struggles on the spiritual path. Follow Temple on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram to stay up to date with the show. Become an Intentional Spirit with Temple Hayes here on UnityOnlineRadio.org. Call now with your question or comment. 816-251-3555. That's 816-251-3555. Welcome back to The Intentional Spirit with Reverend Temple Hayes. Thank you, everyone, and thank you for being with us. And wow, what an incredible story. What a life-changing story as you're really tuning in and listening to the story of Joe Quillen and his beautiful wife who said goodbye to their 21-year-old son who was simply going for a weekend to 
to have a wonderful party and celebration, something that most of us have done at any time, something that some people are probably still doing that they don't need to be doing right now, but we'll just, Joe, you and I will leave that one alone. But the profoundness (laughs) of this story is a father that is determined with every aspect of his heart and mind to know that his son didn't really die. Physical death, yes, that seemed evident. Clarification of that, yes, that seemed profound. But the deeper part of his energy is his soul was pulling him into understanding that living people never die, which is our strong message of unity, is that that's what the Easter story is all about. Living people never die. And so the courage and and energy that Joe has put into getting this message out so people can understand your relationship isn't over because someone dies. Your relationship is over because you have made the relationship dead. There's a big, big, big difference. Um, Joe, I was uh, talking a, a few Sundays ago and I was talking about how, you know, if you don't, communicate with anybody anymore and you don't send them an email and you don't ever text them and you don't ever, you know, like something on their social media, well, you are in all intents and purposes, you're kind of gone. Right. (laughs) And that's how, to me, uh, people in the afterlife feel. It's like we are the ones that act as if we have forgotten them, Uh, but they're very much there. You know, what I've had people tell me uh, when I'm speaking, and, and I'll ask Q&A, and, and that's my favorite part, talking to people. And, and, uh, well, I did a thing at Wilmette Theater. It was 120 people, and, and a good 30% lost kids. And I think that's where they, why they were there. And so we had this wonderful Q&A. And somebody said to me, you know, you know, my sister's been gone for you know five years, and I haven't felt her. I said, well, what have you done on your side, you know? You know what? What is it? it says in, in Matthew? It takes mustard seed of faith, right? What does it say in in in, in the secret that you got to go first? You know, so you've got to try to open those doors. I do. You know, I read all the crazy formulas, and I, I, you know, I I light the sage. I've got, you know, I have two, you know, twin candles going, and and uh, you know, I, I align my chakras when I want to talk to my son. I'm going to do everything in the follow the rules and even do some shortcuts if I can, but I've got to make the effort, you know? So when people say to me, you know, I've tried to reach my sibling, but I never have, I just say, try harder, you know, try harder. They want more than anything to connect with you. You just need to try harder, you know? And that's what I really feel. You know, Rumi said in the 13th century, that goodbyes for those who love with their eyes. Because for those who love with their heart and soul, there's no such thing as separation. That means that Chris is around me all the time. Sometimes I feel him like right next to me, but I know that he's always around or within earshot. You know, and so what do I do? I talk to him. You know, I discuss the day. I talk about the events. I talk about him. I talk about the book. You know, I talk about what's going on, and then I listen. You know, and and I think that's what uh, you know. We're in this. This world that, even though the veil is thinning, people want it to be instant recognition. You know, well, you got to do a little work. You know, and if it means getting up at three o'clock in the morning, which it means for me, and I'm 62, it's not the easiest thing in the world to get up at three o'clock in the morning because I'm going to work in the morning. But if that's what I got to do to connect with my precious son, I'm doing it. Work harder, try harder. They want to talk to you. 
right? What is Susan Geisman's book? Still right here, right? I write that all the time when I'm, I steal her quote when I'm writing things, when I'm, when I'm signing a book, I'll put your, your kids are still right here. Yeah, I, I think it's so cool that um, it just occurred to me to mention to you Suzanne Giesman because uh, she made her debut um, in Unity here at our, our spiritual campus. Uh, this has always oh, been it. something I've felt you know very powerful about is connecting people to the true infinity of life, that life right. never ends. And so she she made her debut here and then... Uh, she found other unities that she could say she had been here, and then, uh, and we have such a great uh, talent and great manager on the radio show that she was able to come on there. And she's a very, very uh, powerful person, and and it's like you're you're equally powerful. She's powerful that she was the assistant to the top ranking officer of the United States, wore a military right. uniform was flying above the Pentagon during 9-11. And she says, and now I believe that, you know, people who are dead are not really dead. And I talk to angels. You know, that that's a big paradigm shift. Um, but as I <laughs> was telling me, you Temple. during break, you're, yeah. it's no different for you because you touch so many people that some of the well-known uh, psychics, because people, you know, they'll fluff it off and say, well, of course, you know, uh, dead people talk to him. That's how he makes his living. You know, that kind of thing. Whereas you're right. like, hey, I'm just, I'm just Joe. And I'm going I'm, through my I've life. Got a, I've got a I, brush cut and a bent nose. You know what I mean? Right. And, I'm wanting and to I've had people come up and, to me you know, and all say, that. I, I would have never believed this, Temple, except that it's coming from you. And, and that's really reassuring. I would have never bought into this, except that you're telling me it's true. So I believe it. Mm-hmm. And, and that's how we spread the word, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I've been um, uh, the first unity I went to when I was 19. Fortunately, it was a what we call a cool unity. <laughs> so, yeah. Not a traditional one. And they had um, psychics come uh, from all over the world. And, um, so I started doing this kind of stuff really early on and also having been a a byproduct of great grandparents and grandparents and a cousin who drowned at 10 and another cousin who was, uh, killed in a car accident. And so a lot of death opportunities, if you will, to learn more about, you know, what, what the living is really about and who's really living and how do we make that distinction? Right. And, um, and so about last year I was, um, I visited with James Van Park. He's a, he's a great guy and yeah, we'd love amazing. to have him here. And we went to lunch and he said, Oh, your dad's coming through and he wants to know why you don't have any pictures of him in your office. You know, and I'm quiet for a moment. And then, then he goes on to say, well, your dad is saying you don't have any pictures of him at your office at work and you don't have any at your office at home. And he wants to know why he's busy helping you with your work. And the least you could do is put a photo up. <laughs> That's great. It is. That's, it really is. Reprimanded and from so, the other side. You, you know, I it. put pictures up right away. I mean, I, I've got two here and two at home and. And I, I do talk to my dad and um, our relationship has deepened through the years and he's been dead since 2002. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, you know what? I, you were talking about like, the, you know, I'm the youngest of 10 kids, which means there's a plenty of 
plenty of people have crossed over, right? Normally in normal time, one brother left early by his own hand, but, but normally in the normal order of things. But we went to see Thomas John and just dropped in out of the blue. He was appearing in Highland Park, which is a couple towns north of me. 130, 140 people there we showed up. And all of a sudden he said, you know, there's this family. There's a whole group and they're all souls from one family. And they keep showing up. And he said, frankly, they're kind of scaring me. And he was laughing, of course. You know, and he said, okay, who's got an older brother named Jeremiah? And I raised my hand. Who's got a named brother? You know, do you have a brother who took his life in the 70s named Billy? I said, yeah. He went. To, he named five, including Christopher, he named five family members by name, you know, on the other side. They were all they were all together. They just decided like to make a McQuillan outing and come to a, a, a an outing, you know, come to an event with uh, with Thomas John. You know, it, five family members and Sally. When this was going on, my wife elbowed me and said, "You know, you know this is your family, right?" And I said, "Yeah, I'm pretty sure it is." And then he looked at me and said, "Who's Sally?" And I pointed to my wife. He said, "No, no, no, Sally, who's a hundred years old." And that was Sally's grandmother, who she was named after, who lived to a hundred years old, right? It was, it was, you know, we were just, we were two people of a hundred and thirty, hundred and forty people, in a in a room, you know, in in Highland Park, you know. So it really is about if if you if if you're open and they want to come through, they'll use the the medium like a, you know, like a karaoke machine to come through. Oh yeah. How, how do your children, how are they, uh, your young adults now, shall we say, <laughs> right, how are sure. they connecting with dad and his journey? Great question, because the one thing is their journey is their journey, right? And they've both been exposed to this, and and that's their story. And I don't want to infringe on that, but I will tell you that um, because I'm the kind of guy I am, you know, Christopher's friends, I coached some of them in high school or in hockey and, and just been friends with these kids since they were little. So most of them have come back from their first semester in college and said that they don't read books in school, but they read mine and they loved it. So, um, you know, my, my son's more open. My daughter's a little more closed off and hurt by, by the loss. And so she can't get there yet, but but she will. You know, it's a it's a marathon, not a sprint. Um, but I think they're both very proud, and I make sure that they know that, you know, that I serve and love them as much as I serve and love my boy on the other side, you know, and and they get that. And so um, I think they're really proud of it, you know. I, when, you know, I, I don't think they listen to all the interviews because I think it's too painful to relive it all, so I don't want them to. But at the events, you know, they'll be there, they'll show up, they'll help set up and and it's really gratifying for me to have them around me. Mm. It's just amazing. What has been your most unusual encounter with Christopher? For those of you that are just tuning in, we are talking with Joe McQuillan, who is sharing the story of his son dying in a drowning accident when he was 21 years old in 2016. And now Joe has been on a journey and a search to know that his son is still living in a different type of way with communication and experiences. And he's written a book about it. And so I urge you to go to the website. And Amazon.com. 
at Amazon.com, my search for Christopher. Or you can go on a URL, uh, a website, my search for Christopher.home that shares his story, and he has an active blog there. So it actually took me a second. Nobody's asked me that, Temple. That's a great question, but I actually have it. You know, the kind of the, the strangest thing. Two, there's two very unusual things happen. But the first one is I'll, I'll say that um, I, I, Christopher sends me cardinals. I now have a cardinal tattooed on my forearm. I have a cardinal. I'm looking at a painting of a cardinal in front of me. And, and cardinals are what he sends me. And I'm not sure why, but he does. And uh, and so I was, uh, it was uh, Labor Day of uh, two years ago. And I was... Uh, I was trying to get everything planned, and I wanted to play golf. I wanted to meet with. I've been I've been in sobriety um, for 32 years. I've been sober 32 years, so I go to AA meetings and. Wait, um, wait a minute, brother. Wait a minute. What's that? When was your date? My my, my date my my date is uh, uh, October 15th, 1985. I have been sober 32 years this year, September 23rd, <laughs> 1987. <laughs> Congratulations! Hey, we're cousins. We're cousins, man. That's amazing. <laughs> and no surprise. I'm not shocked at all, Temple. No, mean, that was, that's why we feel such a kindred spirit to each other because we are facing all of this stuff and doing it without being medicated. <laughs> and I, I got to tell you, Temple, that was I was I was talking about this at a meeting the other day. So, and I said, look, when I experienced this thing. When, when I lost what I thought lost my boy, when I had this this loss, I never thought about picking up a drink. I wanted to run away, but I never thought about picking up a drink. It didn't even because I knew that all the, all I would have is a horrific light and and a boy on the other side. You know, so um, that's the miracle. That's that was my introduction to God. God God made me an alcoholic so I could find my way back to Him. So there was a Christopher was was at a ranch and he had a uh, you know, went to, went to, we sent him to a boarding school for alcohol and drugs, and, and then he stayed on as, as a life coach there. And one of the kids that he knew from the ranch was coming in town, and I had spoken to these boys. There's 40 of the greatest kids at a, at a ranch in, in Hachuca, Arizona. And uh, and I had, I had done a lead with them, and and I, and I and I so one of these boys had come back home and wanted to meet and go to a meeting together. I said, "Look, here's what we'll do. I'll pick, you know, I'll meet you at the, I'll pick you up at your dad's house. We'll wander the grave. We'll have a cigar at Christopher's grave, and then, you know, I'll drop you off and we'll go to the meeting. And then I got a blow. So it was all per. And I went here to get my wife's coffee in the middle of that. You know, I do that on the weekends. I, I bring her some Starbucks and and uh, and so I all of this had worked out, and I was getting ready to 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 get her coffee, drop it off the house, then pick up this young man to go hang out at Christopher's grave. And I'm sitting in line and a song came on. I'm reading something that I had gotten from his old girlfriend who they adored each other, talked about a song called um, He Went to Paris. And all of a sudden it's on the sound list and playing. And as I said, he sends me cardinals. And as I'm sitting there and I'm telling you, Temple, I swear on my kids, this happened. A cardinal flew on the passenger side mirror and started tapping on the window and sat there for a good 20 seconds and then flew off to a fence. And I'm in the drive-thru of the, of the Starbucks to, to, get, to get the coffee. So the song that she had just talked about, I had read a, a blog from her about, 
came on, you know, came on the same time Cardinal comes in and taps on. And it was just, I think, his way of saying, you're doing the right things, Dad. You're, you're getting mom or coffee. You're meeting, you know, a fellow recovery kid at a meeting and trying to protect him and keep him safe, and you're honoring me. So that's a pretty wild one. That's pretty hard to, uh, to, to argue with. And there was another time we had written a song called I'll Send You Feathers. A buddy of mine, Brad Nye, is a professional musician, and we've written some songs together. And uh, and uh, it was about the signs that he sends. And he sends them to a lot of people. He sends them to people all the time now. And I get emails and texts from, from people that, that, that get those. And I got a call from Andrew Anderson, who's a medium, and he said, you got a minute? Something weird just happened. And and, and when a medium tells you something weird that happened, pull the car over, you know, and listen. And while he was running on a treadmill, Christopher dictated a poem called I'll Send You Feathers to, to Andrew to share with us. And he said to Chris, you know what, this is my time, Chris, come back later. And Chris said, no, this is a good time. You know, so he, he just gave in. He called his daughter and said, will you write down this poem the Spirit's given me so I can send it to his dad? So when you say, what are the two kind of strangers? Those, those, those had the list, Temple. Those are good ones. Well, I just, <laughs> this is just so, <clears throat> so moving for me. Um, part of my whole life journey as far as the connection with other side reality is through feathers. So how did you know yeah. that? <laughs> <laughs> you know, right. You know, right. Because, I mean, when, when and, and with people and I'm, yeah. I'm, you know, I'm making a frame of reference today to, you know, pets, but they are to me people as well in a different form. But anyway, uh, when my little dog died, I said, you know what to do, you know what I'm looking for. So about three weeks later, four of us were walking on the beach across the street from my house and, and we found about 150 feathers. Yeah. Never has that happened before in the history of all the years I've lived at the beach. Nope. Uh, Or again, but I I wonder, did you look up uh, the, cardinal totem meaning when you found the cardinal did you look it up no i didn't i was just told by a medium that that red birds are sacred and a, a friend of ours who was at the ranch who was an uh, apache indian you know full-blooded indian who got off the reservation and joined the air force and became a therapist met us and toured the ranch that chris was at and said that Red birds are, are hawks and red birds are sacred, and that crystal send us those spirits, and he has. Yes, it. the cardinal spirit animal is often the highest as far as reference to totem. It encourages you to stand a little taller and be a little kinder. It represents the inner beauty that you possess that will only come forth during the challenging seasons of your life. Well, I, I, they, I think you're on track before. there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think I'm not it all of laughing at you, Joe, but I believe you have endured a few of the crosses of the bridge there between an addiction that more often than not kills people or never recovers them, called alcoholism, yeah. or um, a significant loss of a deep, deep sacred relationship with your with your son. You know, but I believe that if I wasn't an alcoholic and found God through spirituality and and having the compulsion lifted, then I wouldn't have been prepared to embrace the world that my my son went to. 
I'm going to tell you here about the third. Every when Christopher, you, you'll get this because of the reference to the AA. Every night I get on my knees and I thank God for my sobriety. Every night, you know, it's just you know, usually it's kind of like just out of habit, but I do it because I want to honor something and show humility. So after Christopher drowned, I'd get on my knees after a long day. I'd hit and I'd say to God. Thank you for my sobriety. Thank you for my family. But I'm still PO'd at you. You took my kid. Now, this happened. I did this three nights in a row. On the fourth night, I laid in bed, and I got a message from God that said, I didn't take your son. Your son's recklessness and self-will, you know, and his free will caused him to cross early. But I didn't take him. And remember, I lost a son, too. So it was at that point, Temple that I thought I, I knew that God wasn't the chess master moving pieces around and removing my son for some lot for some unforeseen sin that I had done in the past, but rather a loving, perfect, grieving father who held me up and allowed me to get what I needed to get done. So it was at that point that I really knew that that I was gonna be I was gonna get through this. Mm-hmm. Very, very moving. How has this experience changed you? Oh, my God. I'm a different guy. Um, <laughs> I'm a tell. different guy. You know, I I think, you know, like like many of us, and you know, prior to sobriety, I think I was, I was, you know, I had a chip on my shoulder because I was afraid you might find out I was insecure. So I would be the first one to strike out or whatever. And and, and so I've, be, I've warmed, once I've... Embraced a loving God. I think I've become a more of a of a decent guy. But I think once I experience what I've experienced, that I realize whether it's money or power or prestige, that all of that pales comparison with where we're going, which is just you know pure love, pure acceptance, pure joy, pure service. You know that what what I thought mattered really doesn't. You know, you got to feed your family. I get it. Same as soon as I hang up with you, Temple, I'm heading downtown because I have some work to do. You know, I'm still a very hardworking guy and I still, you know, pretty high in my profession. But the truth of the matter is, compared to what I'm supposed to do now, this crusade that I'm on, to let people know that their loved ones are still here, you know, the other stuff just allows me to participate in this stuff. So, um, I'm an entirely different guy. You know, I don't, I, the judgment that I think was common in me before is completely gone. You know, um, the empathy, uh, you know, I, we were the, I was the youngest 10 kids, so we never cared what the neighbor, neighbors thought of. So what people say to me, what do you think of people don't believe it? I said, I don't care unless you lost a kid. Then I really care. You know, I need you to listen. I need you to pay attention. You know, I need you to embrace this. You know, today I've got two calls. One is a, a young man whose son drowned. Just today they found out he was drowned. He's gone for 10 days in Indiana. 10 days in Indiana. And they just found his body today. And he asked if we could get together when he gets back to Illinois. And I said, absolutely. And there's a, a friend of mine from the program called. And there's a woman who lost her son and doesn't know who to talk to. And can we have coffee? And I said, let's do it Friday morning. You know what? I nothing's more important than this message because I've been given this amazing gift to connect with my son and to know that we're going to be together again. 
And so what an ingrateful bum I would be if I didn't share that, Temple, you know? That's a incredible story. And I join you in knowing that so many, you have a ministry now. You, oh, you are, you're yeah. uh, supporting people in putting life, you know, back into their bodies. Um, and there's the dead who never die. And there's yeah. the walking dead who don't need to die. And I, I know you understand what I mean when I, I when I say that. And I you're, do. you're putting the power of life back into a lot of people and reminding them to keep their hearts open because that's where, you know, so much of life, I mean, people uh, react and respond to cancer, but I yeah. often say, you know, four times the amount of people die every day from heart issues than they do from cancer yeah. Um, yeah. because of the closed heart, you know, because of the right. issues around the heart. And right. it's not all metaphysical. I get that. But I do feel that's a big part of it is is keeping your heart open and the willingness to keep walking through walking through the pain. What a pleasure it's been to have you. I want to reiterate to everybody to to get the book, um, to read about on Amazon uh, from Joe, uh, this incredible guy, about my search for Christopher. Get the book and get some for a gift and share them with people. It's just been my pleasure and my privilege, really, to talk with you today. My it's sober my brother. To talk to you, oh, my goodness, my sober brother. <laughs> 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 Many blessings to you, my friend. And those of you that love our message, follow me on templehaze.com or shunity.org. We'd love to have you as part of our message as well. We thank you for being with us. Most importantly, we thank you for supporting Unity Online Radio. Thank you for listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Life is hard, and sometimes you need a little help and guidance. I'm Laura West, host of a Guided Life podcast, and I believe that help is all around us. We just have to ask for it. The universe has a way of guiding us forward with the help of our past loved ones, angels, spirit guides, and ascended masters. On the podcast, I love to explore these ideas with incredible guests and let people know that they are never alone. Make sure you subscribe and follow so you can join me on this journey. Part of the mindbodyspirit.fm network and wherever you get your podcasts.